Hi folks, Nathan Pierce here with Family Protection Ministries. It is October 18th, Wednesday. I am excited to be back. I was out last week sick and um, recovering now, uh, but am glad to give you some updates on a few things. So today we're going to be talking about a few things that we've mentioned before here, um, but I have updates for you on them. So I'm glad to be able to provide that. There will be an update on the Ramiki case, the Ramiki family from Germany, as well as a couple of pieces of legislation that we have discussed previously, including the 249 bill that addressed lead pipe testing and home uh, inspections for homeschoolers, as well as an update on 1057, which is that bill that dealt with social workers for every citizen in California. So, uh, Updates on those items, and then we're going to get to a mid-session wrap-up since the legislature is out, and we're getting the final word on a few things from the governor's office. So uh, we're going to be giving you a mid-session wrap-up on what bills we have been tracking and giving you updates on throughout the year. So uh, lots to look forward to. Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. get into the Ramiki case. As you recall, we gave you an update on the Ramiki case and asked you to make a few uh, uh, phone calls, emails, um, to take some action items on behalf of this family that had fled from Germany 15 years ago and was about to be deported just a few weeks ago. And uh, the update on that is that um, they have been granted by ICE uh, via lots of pressure from Congress and other places. Um, they have been granted a one-year reprieve, and so this family is able to stay in the United States for the time being. So we are very grateful for that. Thank you for uh, those of you that, uh, that took action and made those phone calls and um, got involved by signing petitions, etc. And um, uh, we do see that that had a significant impact in allowing the family to stay here in the United States. As you know, this family uh, was here because they were not being allowed to homeschool in Germany and they fled and sought asylum here in the United States to be allowed to raise their children in a godly home. Uh, and that was not being allowed in Germany. And so this family fled to the United States to be allowed to homeschool and raise their children in a, a godly home. And so this is something that we can see being allowed to continue to do this in the United States and to be a place where people can seek asylum for uh, religious freedom issues um, as being something that we should all seek to be providing for, for those of us that want to have freedom to raise our children in a godly home and to have these religious freedoms, we should value them and be willing to protect ourselves and others by taking action to defend religious freedom. And in this particular case, it was even more specific to the work we do here at FPM because it was specifically going after religious freedom and homeschooling specific freedom. 
which is why they came to the United States to be allowed to have those freedoms. And so as we look at the reason why they were allowed to stay here, we have to realize that we, our own freedoms, are tied to the freedoms granted to the Ramiki family. And so we need to remember that uh, these things are important for us to continue to fight for. And as I was able to speak with the Ramiki family a couple of weeks ago, uh, they did ask for prayer, not just for them and for their family to be able to stay in the United States um, and to continue to have religious freedom and homeschool freedom, but they asked for prayer that homeschoolers and Christians throughout the United States would wake up and defend their religious freedoms and their homeschool freedoms and realize that those freedoms are not just something that just happens, that people can just always count on having, because they didn't. They didn't have those freedoms in Germany. And living here in the United States, they have enjoyed much freedom, but they can also see that our country is moving in the direction of allowing people to have less freedom. And so they urged me to continue to pray for people in the United States, homeschool families and Christians, would wake up and continue to fight for religious and homeschool freedoms here in our own country. Because it's only through fighting for those freedoms that we can maintain them. So I would encourage you to consider that. And if you'd like to learn more about the Ramiki case and the freedoms that they have fought for, uh, you can visit the link below to uh, the articles on this topic that HSLDA has published over the last 15 years. And they continue to write about challenges to religious freedom and homeschool freedom, both here in the United States and around the world. All right, the next item that we need to cover today is a piece of legislation that we've spent a considerable time on this year, and that is 249. 249, AB 249 uh, by Holden is a bill that um, we spend a considerable amount of time working with the author's office on, and that is the school sites lead testing bill that would have initially uh, gotten homeschool families involved in having uh, government workers showing up at the front doors of homeschool families homes to do an investigation and to find out if the water in our homes was safe to drink. So we worked uh, through, through the beginning part of this year quite a bit on building a relationship that we had actually started a couple of years ago in uh, the same legislator's office working on other bills and this particular year, we were able to work on AB 249, the lead testing bill, with Holden's office and be able to work out some amendment language that they were happy with and we were happy with to keep homeschoolers out of the bill. It took a, a bit of work to get that language actually in the bill, uh, but we were able to achieve getting it in there. And um, it took a lot of work. And I, and I say that that's uh, I, I mention that because it's important each time a bill like this comes up that it would involve investigations into our own private homes uh, because of the, the homeschool uh, situation of a private school existing in a private home. And um, it, it's important to address each and every one of these pieces of legislation that gets involved in those things. And um, sometimes it takes more work than other times. In this particular case, uh, the bill went through the legislative process. It was amended. Um, 
and uh, multiple times. And ultimately, what happened with this bill today, actually, is that the governor vetoed the bill. Now, he didn't veto the bill because of something that we put in there. He didn't veto the bill because he disagrees that we should have clean drinking water in schools. He, disagree he vetoed the bill because he disagrees on the implementation process laid out in the bill, and he wants to see more work done on it before he signs it into law. So it seems to me that this bill will probably come back. We've seen it a number of times in the past, and so we expect this bill to come back. Now, why, why is it important for us to work on bills that may very well get vetoed anyway? Well, let me give you a reason. Ultimately, some bills take many times going through the legislative process in order for them to become law. And sometimes they look very different the last time than they did originally when they first were proposed. And it's important for us to be involved in these bills every step of the way. And in this particular case, this bill, 249, say it gets in, uh, presented again next year or the following year. Um, they will look at the work that's been done previously on a piece of legislation before it gets to the, uh, the introduction stage or before it gets to its first hearing. They'll wanna make sure that that bill gets um, the attention of all the people that have worked on the bill so far and that it addresses all the issues that were brought up previously in versions of the bill. So. In this case, AB 249, this bill has been introduced before and it was introduced this year and we were able to get amendment language into it so that if in the case of it becoming introduced next year, it will have this language in its history. Our exemption language for private schools, including private home schools, will be in the history of this bill being worked on so that no matter who works on this bill in the future, they will see our language in the bill and know to either include it or to talk to us about how they can work out making sure that our concerns get addressed before it goes to its first hearing, whenever that might be. So it's important, the work that we did, even though this bill was vetoed by the governor today, it's important that our work got done on this bill earlier this year because it will have long-lasting consequences perhaps next year or in future years if this bill comes back which i believe that it certainly will because the issue of lead in water pipes particularly in old public school buildings is a continual issue it constantly gets brought up and it's constantly being attempted to be addressed by the legislature and by government agencies involved in public schools so we're going to see this issue come back and it's important that we got our language in this bill earlier this year because it will no doubt be an issue that gets addressed in future years and having our foot in the door of those conversations is something that's going to be important going forward. So we're really glad that we were involved in this piece of legislation. Um, I'm glad that our language got into this bill and uh, I'm glad that we will be able to have that as a foothold when this bill comes back for future attempts to get this issue addressed. Next, I want to address another piece of legislation that was also vetoed, 
and I was pleasantly surprised that this bill was vetoed. I agreed that it should be, um, and that is AB 1057. AB 1057 is that bill that requires um, that that requires the social services to essentially assign a social worker to every California citizen at birth. Anyone born in the state of California would be required to be assigned a social worker and be given the option for that social worker to co go to your home to visit that new, uh, new California. Um, they would provide that information at the hospital when a person was born and the parents would be uh, faced with the, the question, do you want us to come and do a home visit? Um, sometimes these home visits are, uh, can be helpful to new parents. Sometimes they can be extremely aggressive in pursuing parenting, uh, counseling, and um, care. And they can be uh, difficult to say no to at times if a family feels like they're done needing help from this social worker. It can create problems and conflicts with social workers and ultimately even with um, local law enforcement when a family decides to, that they are done and they don't need any more visits uh, that can cause that can cause problems so uh, we opposed this bill on the principle that families don't need governments to step into their living rooms and their bedrooms to decide how they should be parenting and AB 1057 was a really dangerous bill not just by itself, but also with the trajectory of the direction it was going and leading our state government to be more involved and to be more um, engaged in telling parents how to parent, not just giving counsel or advice or suggestions, but actually showing up in our own private homes and telling us what to do. And so AB 1057 was actually vetoed by the governor. Now, it wasn't vetoed by the governor because he decided it was a bad idea. I want to make sure that this is extremely clear. He did not veto this bill because he disagreed with the principle. He actually agreed with the principle. Governor Newsom does believe that social workers should visit every home of a newborn. He believes that every family should have access to having social workers come and visit their homes and give them parenting advice. But uh, he vetoed this bill primarily because it costs too much money to hire all those new social workers that would be needed to uh, provide this service to every California home, every California family, every California newborn. So um, AB 1057 was vetoed, um, but it could come back if perhaps there's enough money to pay for this new program. Um, and so I am concerned about the potential for this bill to come back, but I'm extremely grateful that Governor Newsom vetoed it uh, when he did. So uh, we can be very glad for that. So um, a, real, a real big victory on um, uh, the outcome ultimately of AB 249, the lead testing uh, bill. We got our work done. We got our language into it. And even though it was amend, uh, even though it was vetoed, um, we didn't lose on that one. We won a victory because our language is in the history and it will be there for future issues. Um, and with this AB 1057, <clears throat> even though the governor didn't agree with us on principle, he did agree that we didn't have the money 
to spend on home visits for every Californian. And so uh, he vetoed AB 1057, which is a huge victory uh, in my book as well. So um, great victories. Very happy to be able to share that with you today. And um, so those are our major bill updates for today. Okay, let's get into our mid-session wrap-up. Now, I say mid-session wrap-up because in the California legislature, the sessions run over the course of two years. And so right now, we're in the middle of that two-year session. They have stopped meeting until uh, January. and But it's not the end of a session. It's the sort of the middle break in the middle of a two-year-long legislative session. So... Right now, the legislature is not meeting. They have done a bunch of stuff. They've passed a bunch of bills. They've sent them to the governor's office. The governor is finishing up everything. And as of today, the governor has addressed, either by signing or vetoing every bill that we have listed on our bill tracker that's on our website. So if you want to look at the bills that we have addressed publicly um, relating to homeschooling or parental rights issues, you can take a look on our website if you go to fpmca.org slash bill tracker and there is a table that shows you a bunch of bills that we have addressed um, very publicly over the last several months and um, we're just going to go through those I'm going to start from the bottom of that chart and work our way up and um, we'll go start with the bills that specifically deal with imp their impact on private homeschooling and then we'll address some issues related to parental rights. All right, let's go ahead and start with SB 767. This is a mandatory kindergarten bill that we have worked uh, with the author's office um, for a number of years to get wording into the bill that actually exempts private homeschool families and indeed all private school students. So if a student is heading to a private school and they want to join a private school, whether it's a homeschool situation or if it's a campus private school and they wanted to start into first grade at a private school this bill does not impact them at all but if a child if a parent brings a child to a public school to enroll them in first grade the school will tell them you have to show proof of attending kindergarten first before you will be allowed to enroll in first grade that's what SB 767 does it requires kindergarten prior to the first grade for anybody going to a public school. So uh, that's a bill that we have gotten our language into and we're thankful for that. Um, but currently this bill is not being uh, becoming law yet. It's currently held under submission in the Appropriations Committee. And what that means is it's being held over till next year. It might be acted on next year. It may not be, but it's currently a active bill because it is, um, it's a bill that's in the legislative process currently, but it's not going to the governor, so there's nothing going to happen on this bill until early next year at the earliest. So that's SB 767, mandatory kindergarten. It's on hold till next year. Next is AB 262. AB 262 has to do with children's camps and the broad definition of children's camp that this bill addressed and added a lot of regulations to included things that uh, could be looked at as a homeschool co-op. And so lots of new regulations um, as this bill was originally written. In fact, the first several versions of it uh, would have uh, impacted homeschool co-ops, homeschool groups, 
um, in, in extreme ways, um, both with training requirements for um, any volunteers or employees, as well as a lot of new paperwork that would have had to go to the state of California. So that's AB 262. And currently, um, we did get a bunch of amendments done to that bill, and it was signed by the governor um, with a much uh, watered-down version of the bill with a lot of our uh, concerns uh, taken out of that bill. So that's AB 262, big victory there. AB 249, this is uh, the most recent victory because this bill was just a, a vetoed by the governor today. AB 249 was a bill to um, investigate uh, water systems in all schools, including public and private schools. Uh, that would have included homeschool families' homes. And so home water systems would have had to be inspected under this bill. And uh, if it was found that a water system did not meet the requirements of the state of California, the state would require the whole water system to be redone or to have a new water system installed and that would be done at the school's expense. So in the case of public schools, the state covers those expenses because the state owns the public schools. But in the case of private schools, the private school would have to pay. And in the case of a home school, a family that creates their own private school in their own home, the family would have to pay. So AB 249, um, got our we got our amendment language in there to exempt private schools from that bill which was a really good victory ultimately this bill was vetoed by the governor uh, governor newsom of the state of california um, but uh, i expect this bill to come back uh, the veto message as i mentioned before uh, did not indicate that he disagrees with the principle of this bill in fact he wants something like this to be pursued so this bill will definitely come back just in a little bit different way. And we certainly are, are glad that our wording and our concerns being addressed in this bill will be on file and in the history of records for AB 249. So that was a good victory for us that we were able to work with the committees and the author's office on AB 249. So next is um, AB 659. AB 659 was the HPV vaccine mandate bill. And early on in the process for this particular bill, there was a sort of a major overhaul of some paperwork systems regarding public and private schools and how parents would be notified about new requirements and mandates and how parents would be able to um, to uh, qualify, to, uh, how, how parents would really be able to uh, comply with the law regarding um, uh, homeschool families complying with this new HPV vaccine mandate and the notifications that came with it. And so uh, this created a new process by which homeschool parents would have to file paperwork, not just um, giving themselves notices, which was also required, but a new method of keeping track of vaccines for students enrolled in, in home school, um, and in home-based private schools. So AB 659 was uh, created a bunch of new problems, um, but ultimately we were able to get amendment language in that exempted private homeschool families from this bill and also private schools eventually um, were exempted from this bill as well. 
um, and ultimately the bill was watered down a bit so that it had a notice for um, for public school students. Uh, ultimately, I I was not a huge supporter of this bill as it was um, signed by the governor, but uh, it does not impact private homeschool families, and I'm really grateful for that because of all the work that we did on this bill and on previous bills that led up to this one really helped us to have a foot in the door on dealing with the issues in AB 659. So very grateful uh, to God for uh, putting us in the right place at the right time to be able to address these concerns for AB 659 and the HPV vaccine mandate. AB 1057 is a bill that was just vetoed by the governor recently, and that was the bill that dealt with social workers um, for and new uh, parent home visits. So this bill required a um, social worker be assigned to every new person born in California. Every infant would have a social worker assigned to them and the opportunity for families to have a visit from a social worker. Now there was an opt-out provision in this bill, but it was still extremely dangerous for us to have in California a system set up for every child to have a, not only to have every child have a social worker assigned to them, but also have a system set up for every home to be visited by social workers. Every home, every Californian would have a social worker assigned to go and visit their homes. Um, a very dangerous bill, very grateful for the victory that this bill was actually vetoed by our governor. AB 1057 was vetoed by our governor and it is no longer um, active. However, it is very likely that this bill will come back uh, because the reasoning for vetoing the, the bill was a financial one. So um, I expect that this bill will come back with um, any, any new ways of funding it and perhaps um, any, any changes to the, to the state budget would allow for them to come up with a reason to pass AB 1057. So we need to stay vigilant and continue to uh, work to protect our freedoms to be uh, secure in our own homes. Next is AB 957. This one is a bill that uh, basically dealt with custody situations um, in the text of the bill. And in the context of a custody situation, a custody dispute over a child, the social, um, the social worker involved, um, I'm sorry, the, um, the court involved would be instructed to give the kids uh, give, grant custody to the parent that affirmed the child's uh, gender identity or preference. And so um, AB 957 directly undermined the traditional family values <clears throat> that have uh, governed our society and undermined that to give a parent um, specifically custody if they would affirm a child's gender identity uh, or preference. So very dangerous bill. This bill was actually vetoed by the governor as well. Huge victory there. Very huge victory. I'm very grateful for God moving in the governor's heart to, to veto this bill. And I'm very grateful to all of you who took action to ask the governor to vote no. As you know, we had action items out on almost, in fact, all of these bills at one time or another. 
um, this particular bill, AB 957, we had asked for people to call the governor, and I think that he heard from people and uh, agreed that um, this was not the time to pass this bill. He didn't necessarily um, agree with our principle, our principles on this particular bill, but found other reasons to uh, say that he was going to veto it. Next is SB 407, and this one was sort of disappointing. Um, this bill has to do with foster parents and um, limiting the ability of people to be foster parents to only those that are willing to affirm the gender identity uh, of foster children, no matter what were to come up in the future. So they have to sign on the dotted line agreeing with the state's beliefs on uh, gender identity uh, prior to being allowed to foster. And uh, this bill was approved by the governor, SB 407. Um, it was um, amended a couple of times, um, but it's still very concerning that our state would go this direction. So um, this was a disappointment. Um, doesn't impact homeschooling directly, but you can see how undermining the authority of parents in a foster care situation could lead in the future to undermining the the authority of parents in general, whether it's to um, teach their children the traditional and biblical uh, concept of men, women, and family, um, but also to undermine the authority of parents to raise up their children and to choose the education option that they want to choose for their family. So uh, this is a dangerous direction for our state to be going. Uh, we can be definitely praying for the future of our state. Please do that. And please get the word out about these bills and the other things that FPM is working on behind the scenes in most cases to protect the right of parents to train, educate, and care for their children privately without government interference. We work hard to maintain the right to homeschool in the state of California. We work to uh, detect, to analyze, to monitor, and intervene in all of these pieces of legislation that would impact homeschool families. And if you benefit from that, please consider donating to FPM today. We are a very small operation and we rely on your support to continue doing this work that we do here in Sacramento. So I really appreciate those of you who have taken action on these pieces of legislation. I'm so grateful for the victories we've had this year and I'm very grateful for your support and encouragement as we've gone through these tough battles this year. Thank you for your support as well through the end of the year. Um, this is a, it's a tight time for everyone, and um, we are certainly, um, we are certainly aware of that, and we are grateful for all of those who are working extra hard and tightening things up for yourselves so that that we can continue on this work. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it, and I'm very blessed to know that that uh, we have such um, faithful donors supporting our work. So I'm very grateful for that. My family and the staff here at FPM are grateful for your continued support. So thank you for that. And also, I would like to just ask that you pass on information about the work that we're doing to your friends, people that may not know that we do uh, this work to protect homeschooling and parental rights. Please continue to share this information with others that they might be uh, in the loop on what's going on here in Sacramento, that they might be able to take action on these items that are of concern to families, both here in California and across the nation. 
and also that they would be able to continue to support us as well. Um, new, new supporters are very important for the survival of our work here. We need to um, continue to build up our donor base to be able to survive. And so I appreciate anything that you can do to help, um, as well as um, providing feedback on our, uh, on our YouTube channel. If there's something that we report on in this podcast that you appreciate or that you're interested in learning more about, please let us know in the comments. And it would be really helpful to me to know uh, what is helpful to you. So with that, I am grateful for the way that God has provided for us this year. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.